Welcome to Insignium Bits, conversations about breakthrough, innovation, and transformation. Hi, I'm John Ball, Director of Content at Insignium. Today's podcast episode is a very special one, as I recently had the chance to speak with several members of the executive team at Butler Till, an independent, results-driven, innovative marketing agency based in Rochester, New York. In a realm traditionally dominated by only a handful of large conglomerates, Butler Till is a radical outlier, not only for the work they do, but also how it gets done. Co-founded by Tracy Till and Sue Butler in 1998, the agency of over 300 employees located in nearly 20 U.S. states has consistently been ranked as a top workplace for over a decade and a half while boasting 28% year-over-year financial growth. Founded on the principles of collaboration, equality, and sustainability, the agency is 100% employee-owned, also known as an ESOP, which the company believes creates a radical sense of ownership in its work. Additionally, as a woman-governed and led agency, Butler Till is focused on creating a more inclusive and equitable workspace and world. To that end, the agency is consistently listed on AdAge's Best Places to Work list, including in 2023, and was recognized as one of the fastest-growing women-owned businesses in the U.S. Joining me today is Kimberly Jones, Butler Till CEO, Board Chair Kathleen Brookbanks, CMO Amanda DeVito, CFO Scott Chapman, and COO Mike Delaporta. Without further ado, here's our conversation. So my first question is for Ms. Jones. As the CEO of a woman-owned, employee-owned, and certified B Corp enterprise, you understand better than most how Butler Till operates from a truly unique vantage point. What advantages have you found within your employee and women-led leadership structure? Yeah, we definitely consider that the trifecta of being 100% employee owned, a women business enterprise, and of course, a certified B Corp. And I have to credit our founders, Sue Butler and Tracy Till, because they were the ones that really started the culture. I feel like in many ways, I've just continued to nurture it and to help it flourish over time. I think that they had a vision when they started the company 25 years ago of creating a company where people could really bring their whole selves into the work that they were doing, that it was more than just a job, that it was a community of sorts. And so that ethos was part of the company long before any of those certifications. I think in some ways, it created the foundation for the employee ownership model to really flourish. So a lot of people ask me about why we're so successful as an employee-owned company. And I think part of it is because the culture already existed. And then we became 100% employee-owned and it just added kind of fuel to the fire. And so people take a great deal of accountability. They have a lot of autonomy. They care deeply about not only the success of the company, but the success of one another. And so that's kind of part of it. And then being women-owned and women-led, that was from the beginning. You know, we had two fabulous female founders. And again, they just passed the torch to me. The B Corp piece came along a little bit later and actually was introduced to us through an acquisition. So we made an acquisition in 2015, a company called Brandcool that had a lot of clients in the energy and sustainability space. And it was a certification that was very important to their founders and their employees. And soon after we made that acquisition, I attended the B Corp, they call it the Champions Retreat. So it's a a gathering of leaders of other 
companies. And I suppose that's where I really kind of drank the Kool-Aid when I saw other for-profit businesses really committed to using business for good. So that's kind of the background. Now, how has it helped our company? I mean, in so many ways. I mean, obviously it contributes to the culture in and of itself. So it just creates a great place to work and an environment that people want to work in. It helps us attract great talent that share our values. It helps us retain great talents. And even from the client and vendor side, I think, again, attracts people who want to do work with companies that share their values. That's great. As a follow-up, how does Butler Till status as a 100% employee-owned company create a powerful ownership culture? Yeah, that's an interesting question and one that we have had to sort through over time. So we're actually in our 11th year of being an employee-owned company. And I think early on, we had to do some education about what it meant to be employee-owned and what rights our employee owners had in the decision-making for the company. Because initially there was like this, oh, well, I'm an owner and therefore I should have a say in all decisions. And we kind of pulled that back just a little bit and explained it as if you were a shareholder in a public company. So you have a greater deal of visibility to the decisions that are made and there's a, a greater deal of transparency, but it's not like you're as an employee owner or as a shareholder deciding who's going to sit on the board. So we had some education around that on different roles and responsibilities. All of that said, I do think that as a board member myself and as the leader of the company, I feel a greater sense of responsibility because all of our employees are our shareholders. So at the end of the day, I work for them. So it's almost as if the leadership hierarchy is flipped upside down. And so I kind of think of it as I report to the board, but the board reports to all of our shareholders, which happen to be our employee owners. And so I think even our board feels that same sense of responsibility. So you know, when we're thinking about decisions of the company, we're thinking about the livelihoods of you know 300 employee owners. Very interesting. Next question for Ms. Brookbanks. As board chair, how do you ensure alignment between the interests of the employee owners and the overall strategic direction of the company? The reality is that the board's job is to future-proof that agency, and we are very focused on what I'll call healthy growth, not any growth at all. And I think you know you have the luxury of being focused on healthy growth when you're privately held and not a publicly held you know, company where everything has to be short term, right? right? So, you know, it's like, how do you, you have this advantage, right? You have this opportunity to do that. And, and so I think that when you're able to do that, it gives a little bit of kind of breathing room for those things to not be a conflict, right? It doesn't mean that we don't want to push them faster and harder than they want to go. It doesn't mean because we do. We're often telling them, you can do it. We believe you can do it. And they're more conservative and more like, we'll do this, then we'll do this, then we'll build up to this. And the board is more like, no, we believe in you. Go do it. Go, go do it. We've got your back. You may fail at it. Take the risk. And so I think, you know, reading the leadership team that you have and knowing whether your role is to push them or pull them back you know, is an important part of what you have to do as as a board member. 
But I think that when we push them to be bigger and stronger and better than they are today, we believe they're going to succeed more than they're going to fail. And that ultimately is good for the employee owners. Have you noticed any significant changes in the paradigm for leadership in recent years? How do you collaborate with Ms. Jones and the company's executive team to cultivate a culture of engagement and high performance from the front line to the boardroom? And when I think about us as a board and how we think about our role as a board and what we can be for them as opposed to, you know, we're oversight and we clearly are, right? And we have a responsibility to fiscal responsibility and governance and all of those things that at face value could appear to be kind of this looking down on kind of approach. I would say that the board is very focused on Kimberly succeeding, not catching her at something, not second guessing her, but asking, how do we help you succeed? You know, and mentoring, whether that's me mentoring Kimberly and, you know, I have regular conversations with her outside of board meetings, but other board members mentoring some of the members of the leadership team. This board is not one that just, you know, we have our four meetings and we have our committees and we have all that stuff. But there's also a sense of connection to Kimberly and her team where it's about how do we help you achieve the expectations that we have? And we have very high expectations. So it's not letting go of any of that. Right. But it's asking how we help make that happen and how we enable it, whether that's giving them the investments they need, whether it is supporting them on some difficult decisions, where it's pushing them to make some tough decisions. So how do you support them in doing it, not say you better do it? It's a different approach, I think. That's great. My next question is for Ms. DeVito. As both an employee owner and the company's CMO, how does Butler Till's employee ownership structure influence DEI decisions and investments the company has made in recent years? There's just so many advantages to it. So, for example, right, research shows that employee-owned companies see greater productivity, profitability, less turnover, increased revenue, and it also suggests that women-owned and led companies drive higher returns for clients stronger, statistically significant correlation between diversity of management teams and innovation. So all the things everybody wants, it's it's like, wow, with ownership and then women ownership, there's some great gains out of that. Like it's smart right. business. So right. aside from it being an incredible culture, it's a culture that also prides itself on growth of so many ways, growth for people, growth for their well-being, growth for our clients. It's just, it's magical. Does your focus on enhancing diversity, equity, and inclusion within Butler Till have positive spillover effects to the client work that your team produces? Yeah. I, you know, I think we're at a really interesting time because so many organizations So many boards and C-suites are talking about ESG, environmental, social, governance as a top priority, right? And if ESG is the big umbrella, what watersheds from that is DEIB, right? B Corp, sustainability. So that, that ESG as just a top priority, when clients find out that we're a B Corp or we're diverse, That is pretty compelling to them because they're starting to be more aware 
of what ESG means for their organization. Like, where are they sustainable? What are their social initiatives? What does their governance look like? And I think when clients hear about that, they get really excited. And, and also, it's exciting to be able to say, hey, we're in really great company with brands like Patagonia, Athleta, and Pambas. Right, and right. Because those are brands that are so out there and we're Butler Till. So it's like, wow, you're you're in that kind of company. And that's that's something that I think they get pretty excited to hear. And, and then to hear that we're a media agency that is that type of a company is something that is more often than not surprising in a good way. I, I will say... I am hoping that it becomes more of a trend. I am yes. hoping more clients become aware of the power of B Corps. We find that we still must really explain what it is and why they should care. Mm-hmm. The one piece for us that we still need to do, which I think is important, is what's in it for you. So when I say we're women-led, if I'm a client, we still need to explain and connect the dots with them to say, this is why it should matter. This is why it should matter to you to work with a women-led organization. This is what it will bring you. This is the benefit to you. And we do that often. Hey, employee ownership, what does that mean? Because if you're a client or or anyone, even an employee owner or soon-to-be owner, they're going to go, great, what's in it for me? So right. we talk about the with them all the time. And what we try to do is say, let's not have them connect the dots. Let's help them with the narrative. This is what's important this is why it's important to you to work with a women-led organization. It's some of the things we said earlier, right? They drive higher return, their great productivity, great engagement, tend to be more diversity means more innovation. Isn't that what you're looking for? And so you just have to make sure you're always connecting the dots for them. And that piece is still a conversation that we have to do versus we come in and they go, yep, we know all the things. We know what B Corp is. We know what ownership is. We know what you know diversity and women ownership does for us. We're still we're still explaining it, but I think the trend. I don't think it's a fad. I think mm-hmm. it's trending in the right direction, and I think you're going to see more and more companies want to become benefit corporations. I think I'm hoping you're going to see more and more companies want to think about employee ownership as you know an exit strategy or an opportunity for their employees. And obviously, right time and time again, not just gender, clearly not just gender, but diverse everything is just. Right brilliant for business. It's just smart business. Other than it's the right thing to do, it's full on the smart thing to do. That's great. It's very interesting. My next question for Mr. Chapman, as CFO, how do you approach financial decision-making to ensure both the success of the company and the fulfillment of its social objectives? Yeah. Admittedly, when I first started talking about the job with Kimberly, it was it was one of my top five questions because I expected there was going to be natural conflict. Right. How do you um, how do you do right with your social environmental focus, but also ensure you have a profit, which is important to being an employee owned company so that we continue to drive share value. And I I think, you know, it starts with a strategic plan. So we have a a map that we look out uh, in a concrete way around three years and beyond that to out out to five years, looking at where do we want to go strategically? Where do we want to take our business? What are our financial goals to get there? And then how are we going to do it? And then it's balancing those with making sure the decisions we make stay in line with our values. I think it was, you know, if I go back to, you know, one of the DDB founders, Bill Birnbach, I'm probably going to misquote him, but said something to the effect of, it's not really a principle until it costs you something, it costs you money. Mm. And we've had to make those decisions. I mean, we had to 
terminate a relationship with a client that was over a million dollars in fee because they didn't treat our employees properly. We didn't agree with the values that they had and how they aligned with our company. But ultimately, we saw the path that we would be on if we retained that client. So if you stay working with that client, you have employees that are not satisfied, then they don't feel that our values are really standing for anything. You have turnover, and now you have all these other challenges that come into play. And we believed in the values that we stand behind that if we make the right decision on behalf of our employees, if we stay true to our values, we terminate this client, that our employees will see that it means something here. And that's exactly what happened. We were able to then win other pieces of business. Our employees were able to double down and support onboarding new clients because they knew that we had their best interest as a focus. So it's somewhat turning the pendulum a bit and looking at our employees, which really, you know, we're a service-based business. So it's, mm-hmm. it's about our employees. And if we take care of them and make sure that we're looking out for their interests, then we can take care of our clients, and we can ultimately achieve our goals strategically. I like that. And a question from Mr. Delaporta. You joined the firm in 2006, and in your role as COO of an employee-owned agency, I'm curious, as you look back, how would you say that your experience at Butler Till has changed you? Well, that's a good question. You know, when I first started, we were about 40 people and we're we're north of 300 now. And I think the biggest way that it's changed me professionally was the number of opportunities I had during that growth trajectory to start new departments, new capabilities, you know, in other words, opportunities. Just because I started in the organization in one way, in one department did not limit my ability to pursue my passions. Of course, there had to be a, a you know, the business support for that. But, you know, the bottom line is that in an ownership, organization and an entrepreneurial organization, you know, we're constantly looking at how do you match people's skill and passion to where the business needs are. And we do a really great job of that. So employee mobility has been, I'm a product of that. I believe in that a lot. So that's probably the biggest way that it's changed me is just the amount of opportunity that I've had, hands-on opportunity. And then as I look at how I'm impacting the organization, especially in this role, I'm, I'm rolling up on about my two-year anniversary as COO and CIO. A great deal of that is more in the way of paying it back. You know, in other mm-hmm. words, I, I've been a product of this crazy ride over the years with a lot of people investing their time and energy in me to make me a better colleague, a better friend, a better leader. And I'm doing my best to pay that forward for the folks that we have here now. Not to sound corny, but sort of building the next generation of Butler Till employee owners. I think that's incredible. I know we're just almost at the end of our time. One final question for Ms. Jones. As you look out on the horizon, I would be curious about what inspires you about the future. And then also, as you think about that next generation leadership class, what advice would you bestow to them if they're looking at you as an example of the type of leader that they would like to evolve into? Mm, Great question. So I feel so fortunate for the kind of ownership model and business model of Butler. So because it puts us in a position to really aim to achieve great things. And we have such an amazing leadership team and a board of directors who are ambitious but not ambitious for ambition's sake. Like we all have personal goals and desires and we want the best for our company and we want the best for employee owners. So it enables us to kind of free our minds and think about like, 
what could we accomplish together, which is a really exciting place to be. So there are a lot of like what if kind of conversations that happen at our boardroom, at the board table. And it's just so fun to contemplate. And then of course, having a team that really is aligned on most things that we can set kind of a path to achieve those goals. That's really, really exciting. And I think when it comes to advice for other female leaders or things that I would impart to future leaders, find a business that you're passionate about. And for me, I love our industry. I love advertising and marketing and media, but I really love the company that I run. And in some ways, I think what you do doesn't matter as much as how you do it. And so I feel incredibly fortunate that I get to lead that type of company. So I guess that would be my advice is if you're a leader, find a company that you really believe in and find a way to create an environment where people can really feel like they are unlocking their fullest potential. Well, thank you all for taking the time to join me today. This has been a sincere pleasure. I appreciate your time and wish you all the best. Over 30 years ago, Insignium pioneered the field of organizational transformation. Please continue to our library in the episodes page of your podcast tool of choice.